0: hi everybody welcome back to the mindful you podcast my name is alan carroll and i am your host as we journey together down the pathways of mindfulness. And today, it's my pleasure to introduce you to Linda Orsini. Linda has been a teacher for 30 years. She is dedicated to personal transformation, specializing in mindfulness, self-compassion, meditation, yoga, Reiki energy, sound healing, hypnotherapy. She's the founder of the Global Wellness Education and has her own podcast called A Call for Love. She talks about the stress that she experienced, the burnout that she experienced, and she discovered that the tools of mindfulness were much better than any western medicine that could be taken to reduce anxiety and so she became a believer in mindfulness and so she's dedicated her life to bringing mindfulness to others and to heal others so i am excited and i'm welcome to introduce to you uh, linda orsini please welcome linda thank you linda welcome to the Mindful You podcast. I'm excited to have an opportunity to talk with you. And I'd like to start by having you share with our audience a little bit about your your journey, your personal journey, your, your background. What were the like critical milestones that accelerated you down that personal growth path and then the contributions that you use in the world to heal and help other people?
1: Sure, Alan. It's so great to be here. Thank you. Um, I am the youngest of 11 children. And so I am quite resilient. And when my doctor had proposed that I take anti anxiety medicine, because it was just too, um, my life was just too stressful for me. I was really had high anxiety, soul fatigue. I was a school teacher. I had gotten divorced and life was very big, very emotional. And my anxiety was through the roof. And I I didn't want to take anxiety medication because I, in all honesty, I was dating. And the side effects were, you know, gaining weight, low libido. And there was other one. And I, I just like, that's not going to work. So my neighbor invited me to go to yoga class. And I went and I was like, oh, I had a little bit of break from suffering. And so I thought, well, let's, let's try this. Let's try this. If it doesn't work, I'll revisit the doctor and see if I can maybe think about some kind of medicine. And I, I kept on going and I kept on feeling better and I kept on loving it. And, and so then it just snowballed because and now I bring in the piece again of the youngest child, because I really re- learned resilience. And I am the type of the person that really gets in there fast, and self advocates and self improves any way I can. So I just took it upon myself to um, heal myself, I guess you could say. And yoga allowed me to get to meditation and mindfulness because it was too far of a jump from over-anxiety and stress, soul fatigue, all the way to mindfulness and meditation. So yoga was the bridge.
0: Wow. that's uh, the, Yep, I, I agree. In my own experience, uh, Linda, I, I read a book in my late teens by Baba Ramdas. It's called Be Here Now it was the classic back in the 60s and 70s and the book was divided into three parts and the part i the part i liked bo- the most was the section on yoga and that got me down to this moving the body and stillness and getting myself relaxed and 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 here we are 50 years down the 50 years later uh, mindfulness and meditation are part of the the game part of the mindfulness game because I imagine you realize that they follow each other. As you begin to still that anxiety, you begin to look at, well, what other ways can I still the anxiety that I'm feeling? Um, And so mindfulness and meditation is certainly one of them. I I also wanted to ask you about some of the things that I, I read in your biography uh, and one of them was the the global wellness education. You're the founder of that, um, and I wanted you to sort of share with the audience what what that is because you put some energy into that, and I'd like to hear what it's about.
1: Well, thank you for recognizing that because yes, it has been a journey. I was a school teacher for over 30 years in elementary school, from JK to grade eight, in various roles, and I. Knew that once I started on the wellness journey, it was like such a burning desire in me to expand this further. So at my first eligibility date, which happened to be in Canada, I was close to 54 because I started teaching very young. I retired and I didn't retire. I shifted and I began global wellness education, I felt like it spoke to all the elements. It was global, which I am, and education, who I am, and wellness, which I always advocate for. So I began with global wellness education, and I thought I would just come into uh, wellness because I'm trained. I'm a Reiki master, sound healer, trained in hypnotherapy. I have so many tools under my belt. But I wasn't quite sure the business piece because, as a school teacher, that's not something that we really learned. But, nevertheless, through global wellness education, I am expanding and growing it every day, especially with my podcast now A Call for Love.
0: And If I was interested in the global wellness education, how would you give me like a purpose statement or a mission statement for for what that organization is about?
1: That's a great question. I really believe that global wellness education, it permeates every continent, every being, every age group. And so this is a global um, mission that we live healthier in our mind, bodies, and spirits. Because when we do, we can be of greater stewards to the earth and to others. So all love becomes comes from self-love. And unless we can hold space for all our pains and all our tears and all our joys, then we cannot be of service to others. That's
0: beautiful. That's very, very beautiful. That leads into the concept you 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 mentioned earlier uh, was the concept of there are two types of love and the way you described it if i remember there's a one type which we'll call love and we'll call that the the highest the highest level of consciousness and there, I, I like what you said and then the second type is not like against love or the bottom love or the ugly part it's just a i think you use the word uh, a lower vibration that's a that's a sweet way accurate an accurate way of talking about a continuum i mean i believe and you believe that it's it's all one love um, and so let's go into a, a a definition of you're talking about love can you define because a lot of people have a lot of different definitions about love. And I especially hope, I hope, I hope that that word space is involved in your understanding of giving space as part of love. I'm, I don't know, but I'm keeping, I'm keeping my fingers crossed because that's certainly where I'm at with it.
1: Well, I'll give you a little teaser. You're right. But um, the thing with it is that we really complicate our life. We really, really complicate it. And life is complicated. But if you can just know where you are standing through awareness, which comes a space, you cannot know where you're standing unless you stop to really find space and stillness. So then you decide, Are you in a place of love? Love, as you said, is the continuum. Love is the highest vibration. Love and joy, highest, highest vibration. What else is there if there's not love? And then the lowest vibration is shame and all the ones above it. So here you have this spectrum. And we, through awareness, through intention, and through action, we can decide where we are standing. Are we standing in a place of love, the highest vibration, our highest self, or are we anxious, envious, jealous, frustrated, depressed, all those lower vibrations, where are you standing? So if you are in a lower vibration, which is under the title of fear, then you can practice mind, body, and spirit skills In order to raise your vibration so that you can step in love through self-compassion, through stillness, through space, through meditation, through all those modalities that enable you as the vehicle to raise you up. And then from there, you live more intentionally. You can be of greater service to those who you care about to we're stewards of this earth when you are vibrating and living from a place of love then you are really living from loving kindness and from loving kindness everything blossoms
0: you certainly are very sweet in the way you verbalize that that uh, space of consciousness uh, there is a a, a vibration and when you talked about specific, could you give some some specific exercises or practices? Someone who's on the lower end of that scale of love, and they wanted, what can I do now that would support me in accelerating my my growth down that mindfulness level ten love?
1: Okay, well, I do have some specific examples. I could say a very easy one. Let's take as a parent, right? You know, you've been working all day and you come home and your children are, or child is really wanting your attention, kind of crabby, kind of tired, right? And you can get frustrated, right? Frustrated because you're tired, etc. And then you have to stop. What is really happening here? You create a little space. And then when you create a little space, you know that your child maybe had missed you. It could even be your partner, who you haven't given enough time to that day. And what they're really trying to say is they miss you. And so through your frustration, If you create this time in the space, you can look at it from a new awareness with a different intention instead of me getting frustrated, short-tempered, or defensive. Those are the lower vibrations. I can step into love. I can stop what I'm doing for a minute and I can sit with them and everyone wants to be seen, valued, and heard. And if we can offer that first to ourselves, because we have to see what's going on within ourselves, and then we can offer that to others, then not only do we shift our reality, but we shift the vibration around us.
0: That's beautiful. That's beautiful. You you are, when you say you have to be able to stop, well, that, what do you mean by that? and then you have to be able to see what's going on when you stop well stop implies that you're moving somewhere so how do you wake up in the in the in the chaos of what's going on with your children and what's going on with the world right now how, what do you mean by stop i don't you know, so how do you stop in order to create the space in order to observe and then so you no longer react, you now are able to respond and keep your body still and relaxed in dealing with the situation. How do you how do you how do you how do you wake up? Um, uh, how do you wake up in order to stop?
1: I love that you asked this question because no one's really asked me this question, and I love it. I am a meditation guide. I'm a course creator. I host retreats. But I always say, it's a practice. We have to teach ourselves how to do this. We are reactive um, human beings. We react all the time. But through safe space, through meditation, and through mindfulness, right? we train our mind to stop and notice. And it's through the training, through mindfulness and meditation, that we acquire the skills to practice it in crises. But we cannot practice it in crisis when we haven't practiced it in a safe place.
0: Absolutely, my experience, too, that you are, uh, when you're in the battle, is not the time to be thinking about how to prepare you should have been preparing step by step day by day practice every day something to create stillness so it becomes no at first it's an effort and then it's then it's downhill skiing <laughs> it's like you want to <laughs> you want to have that stillness feeling and what i noticed for myself and i and i bet you do too that the the agitation the, the clouds, the storminess that's happening in the moment, begin to settle down. You can begin to breathe. I I bet when you're at that level one and two, you're not even aware of breathing. Um, and I bet as you move towards that eight, nine, and 10, the relaxation of the physical body, the tension in the physical body becomes more observable. And then I bet you can tell me if you can if I can observe the physical tension, then what can I do?
1: Well, when you notice it in your body and you feel it in your body, then it then it becomes a somatic experience. You can say, Oh, I feel this in my body. Um, we always feel it in our body first. And then we can, you know, the it's the monkey mind. It's yes. it's the mind we, we say to our mind, you know what? First of all, it's probably an illusion. That yep. we're really thinking, yep. and we are not our thoughts, and so we pull back the reins. We pull back the reins. We have been uh, exercising our mind like I we would our biceps in order to pause, to to become aware, to embody the emotion, to think with a little bit more space and rational, and then therefore we can make an action. Make an intention to create an action where it's out of love.
0: Yes, yes.
1: But that's practice and that's intention.
0: The the intention is it, 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 you have a choice in, mm-hmm. my, in the way I look at it. You have a choice between defending my ego point of view, which are attack thoughts, or I can let the voice of God speak through me. And if the voice of God was going to speak through me, the voice of God would be saying loving, kind things. But my ego says, I'm not God. Well, yeah, you know, maybe there's a little bit of godness in you. And if you just, <laughs> if you just start to practice looking for the cup half full, uh, practice loving kindness, as you have to say, with compassion. And, and, that, and that's exactly what, you know, from my reality, what the Buddhism th- talks about, to be able to uh, the Buddha talks about love and compassion. Well, what does that mean? Well, that that comes with that that space you're talking about. That space of uh, I call it the the witness or the observer mm. Mm. of of the movie. You're sitting in the you're sitting in the movie theater with some popcorn, watching the clouds, watching the movie go by on the screen, and you're enjoying it, but you're not taking it personally. But most mm. people. T- are the movie because they can't create the space between the chair and the screen. They are, if there's no space, then you are the thought. But if you can create a space, then oh, I'm I'm having a thought right now about that. But I don't need to act on it. I can say, wait a minute, nothing personal, take a breath, and then look at how I can proceed with kindness. And I and I bet that is what. What you've discovered on your journey too, because it sounds like you and I are connected here. I yeah. really, uh, you are, you're throwing the ball over with me. I'm throwing it back to you and you're catching it and I'm catching it because we've walked the path. You Think have so. discovered <laughs> universal things, not, not personal, but universal things about space, breathing. It's all love. Relaxation. And we haven't even talked about surrender and forgiveness yet. Uh, maybe the next time we do a podcast, uh, we'll talk about surrender and forgiveness because those are those are two ingredients that seem to come with that that journey from that egoic defending thing to to not. Well, Linda, although our time has been short, it's been full of golden nuggets that you're sharing with our audience. And I bet there's people in the audience who are saying, "Wow, Linda sounds like a pretty cool person. How can <laughs> I? How can I connect with Linda? What? What? Where can I go?" And in the show notes, we'll have your your all, all the the links and things like that. And but this right now, if if people wanted to connect with you, Linda, how would they go about doing that?
1: Well, you can reach out to me on globalwellnesseducation.com. And on social media platforms that a call for love. And from there, I host uh, courses, retreats, um, I'm a transformational life coach. And I'm really here to support people on their individual journey with self-compassion. My main route is: unless we can love ourselves with self-compassion. That spills over to empathy for others. And then, as you said, that forgiveness becomes a little bit more possible. So that's just a little teaser for our next talk.
0: Wonderful. Well, I hear the ring in my ears. So thank you very much, Linda, for being a a guest on the Potapalooza and the Mindful You podcast. I enjoyed very much having the opportunity to talk with you. And I look forward to having another conversation with you in the future. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you, Alan.
0: All right, bye bye for now. Okay, so I'm going to, I'm going to leave the, I'm going to leave the meeting. Okay. And how did it go? How, how did? You- I
1: loved it. I felt like, oh, we we're just so in sync. Yes, tossing the ball. I mean, I, our our, our, just ideology are so similar, same yep. path.
0: Yep, I agree. I agree. It was uh, because uh, the 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 way we were talking is uh, from experience, mm. and not from a book. Mm. And so it's uh, so the 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 depth of the words have more power when it comes from experience rather than well, I read a book about it because I can see when because the observer and the witness that's a that's a big, big thing. When you when you get that witnessed, observer, space stuff, uh, you're you're now flying a, a lot rather than crawling along the ground. And unfortunately, most people. What do you mean by space and uh, observing and witness? And say, well, you start to meditate. You you start to create space between the thoughts that you think. And in my work, what I do with training professional speakers. What we do is we train them to create space between the sounds that they speak. And every time you create the space while you're speaking, you create a little bit of stillness. And boy, stillness is the the entry into that vastness of mindfulness. So you can be mindful while you're speaking. We call it mindful, spacious speaking. All right, well, enjoy the palooza, and I will reach out to you to reschedule because I want to talk to you more.
1: Sure, that would be great. Uh, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure meeting you.
0: You too. It was a pleasure. Knowing that pleasure. there's other people on the planet like you makes me happy. Thank you for listening. And please catch us on the next great episode of the Mindful You podcast. And please share us with your friends and fellow travelers. On The Path.